Hello, everybody. I'm Harrison. And I'm Rachel. This week, we're talking about weeks 31 through 32 of pregnancy and our experience getting maternity photos. So stay tuned and join us on our journey to meet Meet Baby H. H. To start this off, we're going to go through some of the basics of what's going on with the baby right now. So at week 31, the baby is the size of a cantaloupe or a volleyball. They're going to weigh three and a half to four pounds and be approximately 16 to 17 inches long. So the baby, according to the charts, should be about four pounds. But I did see a baby that was born um, with the same due date this week and they weighed over five pounds. So I'm kind of curious if our baby is also on the larger side. On these groups that Rachel's in, she's starting to see a lot more parents that are expecting in September starting to deliver now that are kind of on the earlier side of everything. So it's really interesting to see a baby that was born, you know, on a day that we can look at it and go, that's what our baby looks like right now. The baby's bones are getting harder, but not completely fused together so that they can still be flexible enough to fit through the birth canal. And the baby's lungs are very close to being completely functional, so all of the organs and systems should be in place and working at this point. It's really exciting that the lungs are pretty close to being finished because normally if a baby has to go to the NICU, the biggest concern is their lungs, and that's what's going to keep them in there the longest. So it's really reassuring to know that as we get closer, that if the baby was born early, we would spend less time in the NICU. And I think at this point, it's kind of a case-by-case basis because, you know, some babies might have their lungs fully developed already, but on these generic apps, they're not going to say that because that's not true for every baby. It feels like we're getting really close to the end, but we still have to keep reminding ourselves that there are still two more months before our baby is supposed to be here. As we get closer and closer, though, Rachel has noticed some symptoms start to creep back from the first trimester. Yeah, so um, not necessarily a first trimester symptom, but I am having a lot of lower abdomen pressure, pelvic pain, back pain. I've started using an exercise ball, which I'm actually sitting on right now, and that feels amazing on my pelvis. We've looked at these exercise balls for a little while every time we go to the store and we're debating when would be the right time to buy one and as Rachel has complained that her pelvis has hurt more it seems like this has been a great time to get it. There are two different sizes and we found that the larger one so the one that's actually advertised that it's for men is the best for Rachel because people use these exercise balls to do like push-ups and things on so Using the taller one has made it much more comfortable for Rachel to sit on. Yeah. And you can always like, you know, use these at tables or desks if you have your own office at work. Like that would be a really nice option to just sit on one of these exercise balls at work. I've also noticed that the swelling is just increasing. You know, I'm trying to increase my fluid intake and wear my compression socks. But other than that... There's not a whole lot that you can do. It just happens. At our appointment the other day, it was the first time the nurse actually looked to see how swollen Rachel was. And they said that she didn't look very swollen, but Rachel was also wearing her tennis shoes. And 
most of the swelling is like closer to Rachel's feet, like below her ankles. So you can't actually see it when she's wearing tennis shoes. They had actually noted at my 30-week appointment that the swelling had begun. And so I think they just kind of made a point because they noted it at the last appointment to check on it this time. But along with that, I am convinced that the baby has dropped. I'm feeling a lot of kicks to the cervix. I don't know if kick is the right word, but it's painful. But on top of that, I have nine out of nine symptoms of your baby dropping. So I've been hungrier. I've been peeing way more. I have pelvic pressure, pelvic pain. My shortness of breath is kind of lightening up because the baby is moving down. You know, I just have more leakage everywhere and increased back pain. So it's pretty normal for your first baby, for the baby to drop earlier because it's just going to take my body a lot longer to figure out how to go into labor. Whereas second or more time moms will, you know, their baby might drop the day before because their body knows what to do. Rachel's convinced that because the baby is dropped that it feels like they could be here any day now and we just have to keep it in our minds that there's still a lot of time to go and really we don't want the baby to be born yet because we don't want to have to deal with the NICU. There's just a lot of anticipation at this point because it just, like Harrison said, it feels like it can be any day. I get so annoyed when people say, well, it's your first time you're going to go over that's not true. Like, that's not a gold standard. <laughs> so we don't know. Like, I've never been pregnant before. I've never had a baby before. So it's all going to be new to us, and we're just kind of along for the ride. So what has been going on with us these past two weeks? So at 31 weeks, we had just gotten back from that church conference that we worked at, and we were exhausted, but we had a busy week, that entire week of things around the house that needed to get done, settling back into our routine, going back to work. And it just felt like we could not catch up with ourselves. Yeah, we kind of did it to ourselves by scheduling a lot of additional things to do the week that we came back. But there were things that we wanted to do and make sure that we could be a part of. So in the 31st week, we actually served a meal with a volunteer organization that works with our church to provide meals for the homeless and underprivileged people in our city. And we were really excited to do this because we regularly serve on our church's production team and the whole production team decided to volunteer this day. So we wanted to make sure that we were there with everybody. And it was a lot of fun. It's definitely a very different volunteer experience than what we usually do for the church, but it was really nice to see another way that the church gives back to the community. That Saturday, we went to a conference called Babies and Bumps. It's a one-day event that travels throughout the United States. They visit 11 locations throughout the year, so about once a month. And it's really aimed for first-time parents or parents that have a baby under one. While you're there, they do a wide variety of things, but they have an expo floor where you can walk around and meet with vendors and we were really glad to see that at the expo floor, most of the vendors are local people. 
So there are lactation consultants from the area that we live. There were newborn photographers that live near us. We could talk to people about car seat safety that live in our city. So it's not like you're making all of these connections with these massive companies that you're never going to see anybody from again, because all of these people are local to the city. And no matter where they go, they make sure to do that. We are relatively new to our city, so it was nice to see that there are parent groups in our area that we can get involved in if we choose to, like exercise groups or breastfeeding support groups that are so close to home. It's really interesting coming from small towns and then moving to this big city, how different it is, because you'd think there's so many more people around, so there must be more of these small groups and things that you might be able to find in a small town. But... What we have found is that we don't know as much that's going on just because the city is so big and it's split up into so many different parts. So we might have the same group for every single like suburb in the big city where in a small town you would only have one. It's just that we have a hard time figuring out where they are, what they do, and how we can get connected with them. So it's very cool to see all of these groups in one place, and we could get some more information about what type of parent support groups are there. On top of the expo floor, there were classes about breastfeeding, sleep in the first year, strengthening your pelvic floor, creating a birth plan, your relationship with your partner once you bring a new baby into the family, and starting solids in the first year. The classes are kind of like short little introductions to infant care classes. And I thought they were kind of interesting because there's just little bits here and there that we could pick up in these classes and determine whether we might need to learn a little bit more information. We have not done an infant care class, and I think we're talking about potentially doing one, but it was nice to walk in here and go, yeah, this is an area that we know we need a little bit more work to look into before the baby is here. At the end of that day, I ended up winning my first ever raffle, which was super exciting for me. I don't have the best luck with those things. So it was uh, first and we got some really cute baby stuff. One of the things I was a little worried about going into the conference is I expected me to be like the only guy there, the only dad at the entire conference. And this conference was definitely female heavy and that's kind of what I would expect, but I was kind of surprised at the number of dads that were also there as well. So I think it was definitely worth me going. I don't know if I would be super pumped to go to it again, but I'm glad I went the first time. I think if I were to go in the future, I would go with women. I'm very glad that Harrison came with me just to be a support person and also learn stuff that we both need to learn. Shortly after the conference, we had maternity photos done, which Rachel was very excited for. I attempted to wear heels for the photo shoot, but I also brought some flip-flops along with me because I knew that my feet were going to get really tired. And it's actually not recommended that you wear heels at this point, but my dress, I'm kind of short and my dress is long. Rachel has not been the fastest walker lately and has actually complained a lot that her hips hurt while she's walking. So high heels were not really the best choice, but 
if she did not wear them, her dress would have been a little bit too long. So basically, we just tried to shorten the amount of time that Rachel was in heels. We're usually behind the scenes kind of people. Harrison does photography, so he's used to being the one behind the camera. I don't think either of us are really super comfortable being on camera, hence why we're doing a podcast. (laughs) But it was nice to be able to document this unique time in our lives, you know, where we don't have any children yet, but one is on the way. I don't think I would recommend waiting any longer than we did, though, because I was 31 weeks, but a day away from being 32 weeks. The difficulty of getting out and about and around is getting harder. So you definitely want to have that bump for your pictures. But if you're showing earlier on, then schedule those photos earlier on. At the start of the 32nd week, we started the day off by going to the zoo for the early member morning at the zoo. And what time did we get there that day? Yeah, we probably got there at like 11. (laughs) We had been planning to go to this zoo day. They were doing this special event where you could come an hour before the zoo regularly opens, if you're a member, and see how they get the animals out for the day. And we love going to the zoo, so we had been planning on doing this for such a long time. But since we have exhausted ourselves, we couldn't get out of bed that morning. (laughs) Yeah, we couldn't get out of bed, and we also had a doctor's appointment at like 3 o'clock later that day, and it's a little bit further away from the house, so we were kind of committing to whenever we went to the zoo, we were just going to stay out until we came back from the doctor's appointment. And to go to the zoo at 8 in the morning and stay there all day and then go to this appointment at 3, I think it might have been actually closer to 4, but it's still just a really, really long day. And while we love the zoo, we usually can do the entire zoo in like an hour and a half to two hours if we really stop and pay attention to the animals. And that just sounds like a long day. The animals were really active that day because it had rained earlier in the morning and so I think they just get kind of cooped up when it's raining and then when the rain stops they just want to come out and see what's going on. This is all stuff that we never really would have figured out if we didn't live 10 minutes away from the zoo because we go all the time. If we want to go for a walk for like an hour we'll just go over to the zoo and walk around. We know pretty much all of the animal names and we're starting to figure out when some animals are more active than others. One of my favorite things about the zoo is it gives me an opportunity to people watch. And so I love seeing people with babies, how young is their baby, guessing, you know, okay, this baby's probably that old and mom's looking pretty good. Or what stroller are these people pushing around or what carrier are they using? I love observing those things. Yeah, if you want to figure out what strollers not to buy, you really just need to sit in one spot at the zoo or watch people unload their car and reload getting in and out of the zoo because you very quickly learn what strollers are a disaster to collapse, which ones are very difficult to put back up, and what ones are just very hard to navigate in a crowd. Navigating a crowd is something that's really important to us. We want to be able to do it quickly. We know with the stroller, we're not going to be super fast, but there are some that are just absolute train wrecks when a lot of people are around. So 
we probably have done most of our stroller shopping at the zoo. The other day, we found this adorable outfit at Target for our baby's first trip to the zoo. And I am just so excited every time I think about that first zoo trip with our baby. It's going to be so good. And we're going to go to the zoo so many times knowing that our baby is not going to be able to see anything. They're not going to care that they're at the zoo. They're just going to be sitting in a stroller being pushed, but we're just going to have a blast the whole time. And we're pretty okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) So that afternoon we had our 32 week baby appointment. It was pretty uneventful, I would say, although they did talk to us about some housekeeping things like registering for delivery, like what hospital we want to go to, making sure that we are thinking about a pediatrician, making sure that I'm doing kick counts and, you know, telling us some warning signs of when we should go to the hospital if there's any concerning symptoms that I have. Overall, it was a pretty easy appointment. We didn't have to do a whole lot. It's just kind of a chance for them to get a checkup and for Rachel to ask some of the questions that she has. Moving into some of these appointments where they're going to start checking how close is Rachel to labor. The baby's heartbeat was 153, so it is starting to come down a little bit, but still high. Yeah, early on when we were worried about the heart rate being on the higher end, we read that after the first trimester, it should have like this steady decline. And it did for like two or three appointments. It went from like low 160s to low 150s. But throughout the past couple appointments, maybe like three or four appointments now, it has stayed in the 150 range. And I don't know if that's because the nurse is just rounding it off and saying your baby's heart rate is at 150 or what, but this time they did actually say 153. So I'm expecting it to drop sometime. I just don't really know when that's supposed to happen. And for those that are curious, I have been able to get my stethoscope to pick up the heartbeat finally. It's super faint. The hardest part is that as soon as Rachel finds the heartbeat, the baby will just punch the stethoscope so you get this really loud sound in your ears which is not like super pleasant yeah we didn't find out how many weeks i was measuring that day because the doctor just did it and wrote it in her notes and never said it out loud so i was a little bummed we have no idea if this baby is still ahead on track i'm kind of thinking ahead just because my stomach feels very large at this point, but we're going to have to wait until the next one to get an updated measurement. I know somebody out there is thinking, well, why didn't you just ask? And I know that's the obvious answer here, but we totally forgot about it. It was like we sat down in the car and we're like, oh, we never got to hear this number. So sometimes things like that just slip our minds when we're at the appointment and we're like, man, I wish we would have asked this. Yeah. The rest of the week has pretty much been nesting and really thinking about what we need to get done around the house to get ready for the baby. The nursery has become kind of this catch-all room because we are starting to get gifts and we went to the conference and got some freebies and we just throw anything baby-related in the nursery and haven't organized it. Most of the things that we're getting right now are somewhat baby-related And when we don't want to find a home for it, we just set it in the room that's not being used yet. And that's the nursery. So 
it tends to just get this like weird assortment of things that aren't really put away yet. But we are just kicking ourselves because we have made this baby shower way too late. So we feel like we don't have the stuff to get the nursery the rest of the way ready, but we are ready to start putting everything away. Yeah. I am definitely ready to make that final buy list and go out to the store and get those last minute things that we think we need before the baby is born. But we do have a little bit more waiting to do because our baby shower has not happened yet. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the baby shower episode, I'm sure. But the moral of the story is if you are planning your baby shower, do not put it at 34 weeks. I think most people actually have it later, but we're kind of in this unique situation where we aren't close distance to our family. And so that along with schedules just made it really complicated for us. But I do think my sister-in-law's baby shower was a bit later than this. It just depends on who's around. And also they had already told everyone the gender. Yeah. If we could go back and do it again, I would not have messed with all this gender stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll talk about that next week. (laughs) We're so glad that we had the opportunity this past week to get some pictures of this exciting time in our lives. Next time, we are going to talk about our baby shower and gender reveal. We will finally be announcing the gender of our first baby H. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.